play, didn't we, this morning? Not in great. So we had the lead work started and led a discussion on change of direction. Principles. Yeah. And then that was about it. Mm. So what about jumps? More question that I've been thinking. <laughs> yes, well, jumps. jumps. We'll do jumps. Do question yeah. pondering and then we'll do a little bit on jumps. So the question I've been pondering this week is how much do you need to coach aerobic capacity in a team sport athlete? Oh. Depends on what I say play. Yeah. You've gone down the Steve Magnus rabbit hole a few times. Me, yeah. I've seen you with that book on the train. Mate, this is uses my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how much do you need to train aerobically for a team sport? Um, I think that it depends on what adaptation you're trying to create. And that is straight out of Steve Magnus's book. Um, <laughs> because, Steve Magnus. Um, big up Steve Magnus. <laughs> um, uh, because essentially, if you can see that, the, that there's a limitation in the ability to sustain the workload or the work effort, uh, effort then you know that there's a capacity issue and then you can reverse engineer how to then increase that and that could lead you down the road of okay well they need to be, be they need to be able to recover better uh between intervals in yeah yeah they don't do that well enough in team sports no what they do so we, we did a lot of this and and that you would you know it's a bloody simple model Identify the most intense passages of play that you go to, and then play the standard deviations of those, and then create training practices around those yeah. that hit people in those. And um, but it's just not done, and it's really simple. It's really easy. All you can do is watch like maybe three games, and record how long. If you don't have GPS, just record how long the ball's live for. Yeah. And then you've got some of your general intervals. So this this is the thing. I wonder what everyone's thought is because you've got the classification, and it that would so for it to become special endurance, it would have to replicate the and stress the pathways. So it would have to be more varied. Right? It's team sport, so it would be special. So it'd have to push the windows, but. Say if you took that and went like, right, our worst is like, our most average passage would be two minutes the ball's live and then we're off for 45 seconds. So you could just basically run treadmill for two on 45 off. That would be general, but more specific. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. It, is the question also like, if you're doing it within the team sport environment, like you're doing it before, like at practice? Like, yeah, you have to make it engaging. You're not going to yeah. be like, right, run lines for two minutes. So, so yeah. the, I suppose you probably should give a little bit more context to it. It's, we're coming into pre-season for a lot of team sports. Mm -hmm. And so many team sports will go down the route of, we need to run 5Ks or we need to, you know, they need to run laps of the pitch or they need yeah. to run doggies or whatever they want to run. Check like, your Strava. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, how how relevant is that? Or I think it sounds kind of hit the nail on the head with actually m more special endurance is actually more. So, mm. so uh, last year at Tigers, we 
I wanted to have more condition games yeah. as the conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. But we did have the ability of players to have those condition games. Mm. So there'd be drop balls left, right and centre. So we had to go to straight line tempo running. Because they couldn't. Because we didn't have the the tactical ca- t- capacity to fucking catch a ball and pass it. Yeah. yeah. Went under fatigue. So we was like, you'd, you'd see people working out and some people just sat there doing nothing. You're like, right, yeah, this is not yeah. benefiting everyone. Yeah, so also, the only reason to get that is we're going to have to do extensive tempos. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Like, and when, when you've got like conditioned games, like you've got people who will just hide. Yeah, yeah. The ability to hide. Yeah. So then they're not going to create that stimulus that you're yeah. then, looking for. What I also found as well with like with the extensive tempos and with the sprint stuff that I did every everything, I had less than five soft tissue injuries all season last yeah. year. That's awesome. That's that's, that's that's mad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I, I I generally put it down to the amount of sprints <coughs> I spent fifteen minutes on sprint stuff every week. Yeah. But we did tempos every th- every Tuesday. Yeah. How many? Uh, eight reps. Eight. Reps. Yeah. Eight. Um, so for forwards we did so front row we did sixty meters. Yeah. On the same clock as what we did the backs at hundred meters. Yeah. Nice. And I keep that standard. Yeah. If boys haven't played, yeah. they do one set of eight and one set of six. Yeah. And then if they didn't get more than twenty five minutes in a game, they do tempos after the game. Easy. I'd get them to just do five hundred meter tempos. Yeah. At a lower lower intensity, so I'd just get them. So say the forwards, I'd make them accumulate the volume of distance. Mm. But yeah. just bring down the intensity ever so slightly, <clears throat> and that's a huge part. So with this study, like with all the GPS stuff, and they look at you know we did distance above seventy percent max would give you, you know, high speed running, eighty to ninety higher speed. But that above, like that, and that adaptive reserve for a game for a player only needs to be about seven hundred meters. Yeah, mm. it's not actually not a lot. Like you say, so you did eight reps, you know, eight reps. Eight minutes work. Yeah, that's enough. It wasn't even eight minutes work, was it? She fucking. Okay. You're only you're running for fifteen seconds. Yeah, yeah. the total thing. So, and 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 that's where. So okay. So here's a good question. So, what else do we do with our time? What contact? Well, if it only takes eight minutes or whatever, you know, we know we need to hit a money number, say for like running related stuff. That gives us that window that we can operate out of. It's like a level to jump out of. Then what do we where do we spend the rest of our time? Tactical? Yeah. Well, I don't know, what do you think? Well uh, for me it's like as I've come to like well twenty seven, like so I haven't got many years left playing, but like Hey, thirty five yeah. okay. yeah. Different years, sport, mate. Yeah. Totally different. You wear pads now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a helmet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like there there's so much time for you to like just spend on actually getting better at the sport. Yes. Like people underappreciate so much the actual skill that's required in order to well, run for yeah. starters, but then to catch and pass effectively, yeah. to create like your own kind of pathway to then kind of like break the line basically yeah. Yeah. put yourself in the right position yeah. um, but it's overlooked by coaching staff and players yeah linking in with that then what I've put into play with the calls that I'm starting next Thursday is we're going to do tempos but I also need them to get better at skills so passing catching and passing so a good idea that I've just, I'm going to play with this Thursday is we're going to do a tempo and for 20 seconds of the rest that we have, we stand there static passing, catch and yeah. pass. Yeah. So you're under a little bit of yeah. fatigue, you're going to accumulate a little bit of fatigue from running, then you're going to have to stress it through 
doing some skill. Yeah, yeah. So I like I like that idea of um, there's something I did last pre-season with a football team in that you you did 30 seconds skill based so like like passing or dribbling or whatever. Then into 30 seconds, obviously 30 seconds. I think that's what it was. 30 seconds into like shuttle tempo runs, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. Because it, yeah. yeah, it's it's more interesting. Um, because in the skill based bit, they don't realise how much they're working. You're gonna get that adaptation as well because they're a bit knackered. Yeah. And they're working on the fatigue, and that's when skills go to shit. Yeah. And the other, the other, I was literally just thinking about some of the stuff that we used to do with the speedgate golf concept is that you would play speedgate golf with four people, and you pass the ball down the line mm. over 15 meters. So the first person breaks the first gate, and the last person has to break the last gate. So essentially, you obviously you you create uh, cohesion, and like we know with rugby and and lots of formation, even like football, it all works as one. It all has to move as one. So then you get it all moving as one. It all moves as one. Mm. And then we we used to do, and uh, a lot of players can't pass a ball accelerating hard. They can't catch a ball accelerating hard. Let alone catch a ball at gear four, gear five, mm-hmm. at full toe. Like, because it's bloody hard. <laughs> but then, when do they do it in training? I seen, I can't remember who I seen it, but Bristol Bears. Um, there's a video that they put up. <coughs> and I put it straight into my Colts. I was like, this is fucking perfect. So it was an acceleration day. Yeah. So they focus on the harsh accelerations, and then they're doing longer accelerations over 30 metres. But 20, or 15 to 25 metres, they had to receive a pass yeah. and get rid of it within that 10 metres. Yeah. But then try and re- so receive it there and literally give it away straight away. And yeah. I put that straight into my speed school, and it oh, was mate. class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like, good. That, that was meant because you're having you're getting the speed element, you're getting your conditioning element, and you're getting your skill element of catching the ball while you're really fast. Yeah. Without yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then that just transfers over to when you go and play touch straight after. Well, and I, I remember a lot of the thing. If you look at a team sport practice and. And with a lot of athletes, like what are they, and you know, what are they actually doing in practice, versus what is practice? So then, actually, like in a team run, a winger will still accumulate so much high-speed running because they're just chasing doggies on the end. Yeah. And but on a Thursday night, for example, or even during training, that they are creating so much tolerance from that because the training gives that. And it's all the other positions that you have. it almost works backwards from the people that are the fastest. They need less. Yeah. Whereas the people that are slowest need more. Yeah. In 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 that way, and doing anything fast, like um, even like dribbling the ball at your feet and and all this sort of stuff, it requires so much more nuance of skill. When we talked about it with the um, depth perception. Mm. Yeah. Today and evasion and all that sort of stuff like that's when a technical coach needs to communicate with his snc coach because that's when they meet but you have a lot of snc coaches complaining that the technical coach is rubbish just doesn't know what he's doing and that's not his fault or her fault do you know what i mean you haven't got that you don't have that crossover and that cohesion between departments within the team they can't see what you can see but you yeah. can't see what they can yeah. they can 
you know, that's the reason why they get paid more. Mm. <laughs> well, I've still fallen into the technical and SNC coach at Sheffield Eagles. It's great. Women's team, yeah. The women's team. Love and that. that was like, so the head coach came from American football. He doesn't really know much about rugby league. Don't put that on. He doesn't know about rugby league. I'm not editing it. <laughs> so he, he doesn't say <laughs> so I end up in training I was like right, they need to get better at yeah. getting off the ground and hitting something so again the tempo element we just did eight um, half pitch width tempo sorry and at the end of the tempo you get on your knees no you get on the knees and you, you're wrestling for 20 seconds yeah. yeah. and then you have 40 seconds rest so you, yeah. you accumulate the, the run you have 20 <laughs> seconds wrestling and you still get 40 seconds rest so regardless of that but then when we're going to condition games I was like right they're not attacking the space properly and I, I've recognised that but that the coach hasn't he's yeah. not done anything I was like right you fuck off go touch line so she runs the touch line space go through it I'm like come on, just like that, I'll yeah. grab someone else out of there and I'll say to them after, I'm like, what have we done there? We've created space. What do you have to do? Attack the space. What else are you doing? Recognising where it is and then yeah. talking. Look, why can we not just do this in a game then? Why does yeah. it have to take me to come and tell you to run yeah. to the touchline to do that, to recognise the space? That's the, that's the, is it, that's the question. And that's a free roll. Yeah. That's a free roll. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> in the camera as well. <laughs> no, um, no, but that is a, that's a really important question. That you know, that's the goal of what. So like, why can't they do it again? Why can't they do it again? And that's where you, you learn from um, successful coaches. Like take Pep Guardiola for example. I think they think things very differently. They think about preparation very differently. Do you know what I mean? Can bridge that gap between like sport and conditioning in one. Yeah. Like you can bridge that, if you can get bridge that gap between being the technical coach and being the SLC, yeah. you can use the sport to be the yeah. to be the conditioning and the yeah. skill development all it, in one. It's almost like Southgate as well. Like he yeah. is over the years he's kinda of like created this uh, this culture within like a big sport a big team of like athletes. Yeah. Like so he's not really worried about how fit they are, he's not come out and press them like these guys need to get fitter or they need to get better. It's just like right so about the system and the structure that we're trying to understand yeah. for us to play better football at bigger tournaments. He's not you he's not using fitness to hide behind. No. And why should you hide behind <coughs> fitness when they're the fucking national team? I think like I think all <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. going to World Cup come. World Cup come. let's get fit again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I think also part of that is like, like I saw this a lot last season and it's like if you can if you can control the game, you look infinitely fitter than you did mm. yeah. when you're chasing the game. Yeah. But you don't have to do as much work, do you? Yeah. you don't have to do you as much work. So if you, you can if you can if you can exploit space through speed, yeah, and if you can teach people how to, like we spoke about this morning, change direction and yeah. bits and pieces, then all of a sudden the team looks fitter you than can any fucking bleep test is ever yeah. going to tell you they are. Yeah, mm. yeah, because <coughs> you have control. So where do you spend your time on skill development or speed development? Both. Speed's a skill. It goes into that bucket then, doesn't it? Got you there, didn't it? Molly, when you're in America, what, did, what conditioning do they get you doing with soccer? Uh, we did laps around a track, and oh, then we did 
Yeah, these things rough. called Germans. Germans? Um, yeah, you run from the goal, around the centre circle, around the other goal, and then back. Is that because oh. the Americans hate them? Was your, when you were in America, were you massive on data? Not data, just no, running. Just, yeah. just, just, just because it, was running. that the coach, the head coach, yeah, was that yeah, your S&C head, coach doing it? No, we didn't have an S&C coach, it was just head coach thinks we need so to run. That so is football, run. isn't it? It's like the coach just flog them. Yeah. Yeah. You run. Yeah. That's it. That's run your we're, legs, we're yeah. getting better. Yeah. Run ten K. Yeah. I got told off the fuck. I got, I got asked why are they not running laps before game before training session. You've messaged with that, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you ever had that conversation with you. Because yeah. why do they why why are we doing it? Yeah. yeah. Why do they need to do it? Yeah. What's the what's yeah. it achieving? And that's the level like base and what Liam said there. Number one rule of physical preparation is have you got the ability to recover from the training that you're doing? Mm. And if you can't recover from the training that you're doing, that you are doing, then you are doing the wrong training. Mm. Yeah. I think it is also about going into the team and identifying really quickly what buckets need filling. Yeah. Like the Gaelic football team that I work with, they can run marathons, they can run 10Ks, they all run half marathons during the season, but they're all running at their opponent square. And yeah. getting yeah. beat yeah. every yeah. single time, and I don't, I didn't have that conversation with the, <coughs> the um, technical coach. I ran a drill, and he was like, "Oh yeah, they all do that. <laughs> yes, they all do that." And so when he's asking me, "Oh, why aren't they running traditional yeah. shuttles and stuff like that?" I'm like, "Well, because in a game, they they're getting they beat. They, yeah. they can catch up with them most of the time, and they can yeah. run circles around, but yeah. they." You don't want to get into that position, you just don't want to get beat. So. If the game was three hours long, they would still go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They would. They could keep they really going. Would. But it's not. What's it, Gaelic? 80 minutes? 60 minutes? 60 minutes. 60 minutes. Yeah. 60 minutes. 60 minutes. So what about, what about jumps? Because the general rules of preparation apply to most things. <clears throat> I'm just going to open up the top. I didn't know what to talk about, so we'll jumps. open it up to jumps in general. In what, in what sense, jumps? I'd like to hear from you. Jumps from you, like how, like what you use and why you use it. Strongest like. strength in the north. <laughs> <laughs> Strongest strength in the north. That has to be the fucking start. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's it's interesting for me. Jumps is uh, jumps and playoffs is, is interesting because I can do as much extensive, but I would just get fucked from them still because of my knee. So like limiting volume, getting the right dose seeing what's going to be best. I just want to see what your views on it and what it is, because I go, go through one by 20 pogo stuff yeah. before I started, obviously we started doing stuff with Sam, and I was doing a one by 20 stuff, staggered, normal, whatever, and I was fucked. But I was like, I'm doing expensive players, I'm fine. So what am I doing? Why am I so fucked? Like, and I've got no meniscus in my knee. That's why I'm fucked. <laughs> That's why I'm fucked. Like, but I love jumping. I was like, I'm gonna get powerful. I'm gonna get better. Just fucking go through it. I'm like, shut up, Lewis. So I, as well, I love jumping. I love jumping. But my knee won't let me. Bouncing just, around just and doing the thing. Yeah. I love jumping. Yeah. Fucking love broad jumps, mate. Yeah. I mean, the typical thing is just to, you know, don't, don't be soft and just get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I just I use jumps. 
so for so many different reasons. Mm. Um, I like to use so I will put probably a light tier plyo, like a really small, extensive plyo, pretty much into every session. Yeah, as part of the warm up for the session. Yeah, I'd start with extensive plyos for lowers, hundred yeah. percent, and then I go into more some extensive stuff. Yeah, I, but I put it into I put it into everything. Even if it's, you know, because the way I look at it, the more, this probably goes against everything I'd like, I'll probably say, but. Well, it's going the on the more, internet, mate. Yeah, so. I know. The more exposure to it, the more the you're going to cope with it. Yeah, so the the, yeah. the bigger the stress in training, the less stress it's going to be in during the game yeah. as well. But you have to, you have you to, have to work like off that. feel as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but I, I found that actually the more the more plyos I do, like those light tier plyos I do, mm -hmm. actually the, the, the better strength I have in the lower limb. Yeah, I like massively, massively more than I've ever had before. But I'll also use the, I also use jumps, use a lot of deep stuff yeah. to improve range of motion um, or range of movement. Um, because again, it's, you get better buy-in because I don't actually realise what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, then you do if you're like, oh, just do this stretch, just yeah. do this stretch, and they say, oh, I don't want to do this stretch. Like, again, put that in. Um, ping stuff, or what we I call ping stuff, like the really high explosive stuff. Yeah, I like is that. drip fed. Ping, that's it, cool. It's like yeah. drip fed in. So what would you I define as ping? Like fast bounds. Bounds for distance. Single leg stops. Single leg Maximum intent. Yeah, maximum intent. Anything for max height, max distance. Yeah. That's what I'll call ping. like a ping stuff, and I'll I'll bring the the volume down low. So like I'll, I'll do like get my guys to do five bounds or three. Yeah. Your sprinters or your footballers or rugby players. Both. Do you do yeah. that as oh, do you do that soul or do you do that as a contrast? Uh, mixed depending on the contrast idea. is only good for your TV, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mixed depending on I I mix it depending on the athlete. Oh, right, time but I think well. sometimes it's more for buying. Yeah. Like yeah. to get them. So I'll pair. I will pair a heavy trap bar. Yeah. Movement with free squat right. jumps. Yeah. Like broad, broad jumps. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um. And yeah, I, I personally find it has great carryover. Yeah, um, because it encourages people to move forward. That's yeah, huge. Yeah. Um, but I think the one thing that I notice, especially with team sport athletes, when you do like light tier plyos, is that most of them hit the ground like rocks, and you might. Yeah. You know, yeah. You probably had a lot of experience with plyos as well. But Look at you, Liam. Yeah. Like there's yeah. there's, there's a lack of fluidity. Yeah. Um, and they don't have that off the floor. They don't have that sensory awareness in the rhythm. Mm. If you think about it, the way I think about it is your your plyos are on the opposite scale to strength training, like traditional yep. gym-based strength training. Mm. So the longer you save that, rewind that, <laughs> listen to it again. Go. So your plyos are on the opposite scale to your strength training um, and if you think about all the time the amount of minutes the hours that you spend in the gym squatting deadlifting RDL all this stuff 
it's taking away from what you're doing in plyometrics. Mm-hmm. If you spend three, four, five hours a week doing strength training, you should you should need to offset it by the amount of time that you're spending doing plyometric type work. And yep. if you're not, then you're gonna then your body's gonna be talking to you. Yep. Because your because your tissues are structured in a certain way to you know produce the most amount of force over how much you know you're giving your body as much time as it liked as it likes to create that force whereas when you're doing plyometrics you've got a very finite amount of force, uh, time but you're encouraging your body to progressively start with your light tier plyometrics yes. or the left tier pink tier uh, you're progressively in trying to teach your body to um, be able to cope with the amount of force that you're subjected to it but then also produce yeah. Force. So I, don't, I can't remember what lecture you mentioned it in about the speed drills being extensive players. Yeah. 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 So you, you think about your pogos, you think about all that, your speed drills are an extensive. So any lower session that I do with any kids that I have, I start off with a simple speed drill yeah. uh, circuit. Because why? Because yeah. you're on one fucking leg bouncing. Because mm-hmm. jumps just fall under ballistic exercise. So yeah. Then they, then they become a different definition to what we think they are. And Berkoshensky does it so well in in the um, a with conjugate sequencing to understanding how we progress intensity of means, but then also through the relationship between physical preparedness and motor learning, and that's what you guys are talking about in what he said is absolute genius about how it needs to offset each other and then also the way that you structure your muscle architecture if you are strong you are architecturally built to be strong not fast and when it, but the the narrative that we're taught is that you need to get strong to be powerful to be fast yeah when actually you can just be fast and powerful and then you're just strong actually someone asked me the other day uh, asked me earlier really about other thing what was like about the guy like that's gone to sub. That's gone to yeah, sub- eleven exactly. sprinter. You've got a sub eleven sprinter. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> one of the big, <laughs> big, <laughs> one of the big things we've implemented this year is more bios. Yeah. Cheers, thanks for that. I love that. So good. I'm but, proud of it, mate. It's fucking not one easy. Of the, one of the big things. <laughs> <laughs> one of the big things we've implemented is a lot more pliers. Yeah. A lot more because he, he likes it. His early background was seven days a week in gym, bodybuilder stuff. Yeah. And he literally. And he still goes How challenging is it to get somebody who's a fucking gym rat to just start doing some jumps and start doing some different? It's really hard because it's hard to quantify. Yeah. yeah. If, you ha- if you haven't got the kit, you've got to have a bike. Then yeah. you, you got up and then you don't need kids. You don't need, you don't need no, kids. Like, so like you, you know, when people like like to see like numbers, like oh yeah. my squat went up fifty kilos on a one rep max in six yeah. weeks, yes. blah blah blah, because you can't but can't quantify and display a score for players because mm. yeah, instantaneously. So one of the adaptation curve is steeper. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I've done with uh, Ramlers, uh, I followed uh, the elite boxer that I was working with. And it follows on for the from the plus priors framework of uh, you know framework of tiered plyometrics is that we did um, like basically baseline tests of of plyometrics at the very beginning of each training camp right in the off season of each training camp so we did like how far can how many bounds does it take you for you to achieve ten meters um, or how many t- 
times and put like a like a mini hurdle or something like that how many times can you jump over this mini hurdle kind of thing like that before you know you hit it kind of thing like that and that gives you an objective measure of like okay well i started off and it took me 13 times to 13 bounds to cover that distance but then now i'm doing it in sort of like maybe nine maybe ten yeah and that's an objective measure of you being able to um single leg strength plyometrics and yeah. also you're projecting yourself forward so it's more of a horizontal emphasis etc yeah. most of these things are what do you do with the kids at the academy because <clears throat> that's a different ball game you've got yeah. nine ten year olds i mean first of all is trying to get them to jump with both feet <laughs> that's yeah. the that's the start a lot of them going through like that adolescent awkward stage yeah it's really important that we kind of reinforce two-footed jumping not Mm -hmm. One foot jumping, but and how does that tie into what Liam said about showing improvement? <coughs> I think it's more obvious for them. Why? Because when they start seeing themselves doing what everyone else is doing, they feel more accepted by the group, which then plays into their confidence, and they get those wins, mm -hmm. and they inherently like they copy the learnt behaviour of the group. So that's learning by osmosis, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and when you can create that environment of like, if you join the group, you're gonna get better. Yeah, like without even coaching them. That's yeah. like. That's I want to. I want to switch. This is great, and I love this. But I want to switch it because there's only one person that doesn't do anything with team sports. <laughs> but how does how did those principles apply to the the development of um, in CrossFit and CrossFit competitors? I think that's the thing, like, it's the same, same, same problem of quantifying stuff. Like, yeah. What do you struggle to quantify for? Like fitness. Like, like, I suppose like... That was a bit obvious, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. If you ask a 45-year-old mom how fit I is, you're probably going to quantify it by you know, how many times she goes out for a walk in a week or something like that. But CrossFit go, have a very kind of rigid way of testing that, and it's not rigid at all. It's completely flexible, and they change the rules every single... Yeah, yeah, so how do you manage testing that and progressing that? Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, it's kind of come back to the same baselines of movement. Yeah. Because you kind of, sorry, go on. Do you, you kind of get light tier plyos because there's a lot of skipping in CrossFit. Yeah, so I, I, I've never really looked at it as a, I think, plyometric training because mm. there's, so, there's so much running, skipping in CrossFit, that you can almost just integrate that as part of, you don't have to tell them it's plyometric training because they're bought yeah. into it because it's this is CrossFit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like, you're gonna do some double unders today. They don't know they're doing like, uh, plyos, yeah, 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 yeah. but they're doing plyos. Mm. And if you pair that with some running drills or whatever it may be, they're getting their other plyos in there as well. They're coming with the natural plyos that they're not necessarily thinking about. They did some epic pogos of like 50 double unders. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the rebounding box jumps. Yeah. You oh. get, you got, uh, yeah. Get. I was going to ask, like, do you do you actually like program like out and out plyometrics? Because obviously they've got the no. skill of like actual lift weight, <coughs> like Olympic lifting. Yeah. To practice, and then you've only got so much time to actually get a whole workout done. I don't. I, I don't program anything by adaptation anymore. It's programmed by. Does it look like CrossFit? There is an adaptation underlying that. But I'm not telling you because you don't care. 
which comes, so it's sort which of, sort of, sort of mirage. Yeah, yeah kind, it but it kind of comes back to the. It's the Wizard of Oz. Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. But it kind of comes back to what you're saying about aerobic training in exactly, team sports, yeah. in that you disguise it in a certain way that they don't realise they're getting the adaptation that you want them to get. Yeah, exactly. Because like all, all of CrossFit is measured by time or reps or weight, so they don't care what the reasoning is behind it. It's yeah. just. Uh, is it almost like because there's no reasoning behind the wads and the the actual events themselves, then they don't see them like why yeah. they need reasoning in their programming? They care about like, am I fit? Yeah, sure, okay, who cares how? Yeah, <laughs> and can I survive? Yeah, yeah. I had one yeah. when I first turned up to a, a Olympic weightlifting class. Said so stick forty kegs on your back and do ten jump squats in a row. Yeah, I'm like, what? Do you see my knees? It's not happening. Yeah. And they just said, like, everyone's doing it. And I'm like, this is the first time I've ever been here. This <laughs> yeah. is the second exercise they're asking me to do. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I've not even warmed up yet, Shay. Yeah. Mine money, is good, and that would ruin me. Like, 40 yeah, kegs on my back, back. 10, get, like, not even like the stick, like, drop up, drop. I'm like, yeah. Mm. Nah. My, my they said you're all right. I'll do my own warm up. My second week for Olympic weightlifting was we're going to work on the back squat today, but along the way we're also going to max overhead and front squat. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's on the way up. Okay, right. It's tapped out overhead squat. Where you're at 70 kilos. Okay, keep going on front squat. Once you got to however much, you know, 120 or whatever it may be, keep going up to back squat. So. Yeah. Don't go back down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't waste time. Come on. You're like, I don't want to be here. This is, yeah. <laughs> like, this is the most specific strength I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Only, I've only been overhead squatting for a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the, and there you're talking about intensification. And, and again, I mean, you know my school of thought. I think Berkashansi does it so well. And then, but then when you th- look at the big part of the progressing jumps and like the shock method and stuff is all the inter intramuscular coordination qualities that you get with it. And like recently, and I did a lot of this with Alex because he was a long body, long limb athlete. So, and with my hamstring and the knee rehab and stuff at the moment, we just entered a phase like I can jog and I can stride and I can do all those sorts of things. But then the development of said principle needed to focus on um, overspeed eccentric. So eccentric rate of force development. So in part of your jump progressions, and this is where like the deeper tier stuff, I think Matt does a really good job in explaining that stuff very, very well. Um, that's what we're talking about, is we're talking about how do we, how do we uh, speed up Newton's, the first part of Newton's third law? How are we just speeding up the first part of Newton's third law to access a higher degree of freedom of which then we can start producing force and get back out of. So we used to do, and I did it this week, I had it, I did it extensive weighted. So in the Verkashanti progression system, you've got extensive unweighted, intensive uh, unweighted, extensive weighted, extensive, uh, uh, intensive weighted, and then you progress <coughs> to shock method. And then that's what you finish with. Um, because the shock method is obviously you can't tolerate those forces, you know, you can't produce those forces on your back. And um, and so I did, uh, I'd run the same system, ironically, and uh, some stuff that I stole from Bill Knowles, but I only had one kilo in each hand. And I would be throwing, I'd be doing just drop landings, but throwing those weights down into the ground in my hands to force me to stop. And because you, you're overloading the moment arm in the tissue. Yeah. And so when Liam said about, well, what is the architecture of your muscle developed for? Mm. Well, 
I've had a sore ass for four days. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that food poisoning? Yeah. <laughs> but because of, because of that, it shows like I'd, I'd hit, you know, I'd hit my KPIs. And, and think about this from a broader spectrum of preparation. I should have stopped doing strength three or four weeks ago. And I could do rear foot elevated with 25 kilos in each hand. I could, you know, 50, 60 kilos on my back. But I got a lot of DOMS from one kilo in each hand strength becomes redundant then yeah. and it became redundant a lot earlier than I thought and I'm always surprised by that fact that it, the redundancy of general strength and it's, I've been lifting Jesus Christ I've nearly been lifting weights for 20 years yeah. what the fuck am I playing around with that stuff still mm. I still did tw 20 minute plyo session and I have the worst bombs I've ever had in my life yeah yeah. Like compared to any sprint session or gym session, yeah. like weight strength session, yeah. ever had, and it, it is just so brutal. And it's the density of the exposure of that, mm -hmm. and then that's what creates the adaptive reserve, which then creates the conditioning element, which then creates the performance improvement because you've got tolerance. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you access tolerance to a certain level, you can then find performance from tolerance. Yeah, yeah. I think I think like from oh. from a general strength. General strength point of view, that's the same for like any sport other than powerlifting, though. Like even yes. like weightlifters and crossfitters don't need to do as much general strength work as they think they do or are currently doing. Yeah. Unless they're being measured in general strength. Unless their test is general strength, which yeah. weightlifting and crossfit is not. Yeah. Apart from powerlifting, only. Well, maybe strongman, but that's basically big man crossfit now. So. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see Eddie Hall doing double unders. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff they do now, he's pretty much circus, circus act as well. So. Yeah. yeah, he's doing bodybuilding, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he just fucked yeah, yeah. about on TikTok at the moment. Pose, he loves it. He's really. swim. I was literally yeah. scrolling through his page yesterday. So he, he, was, he was a swimmer. I was, it is yeah. literally like watching a rhino he was, swim. He's natural on the swim. He's fucking about yeah, with Tommy Fury at the minute. Yeah. Talking about the. So they got him on. They got Tommy Fury on. Is that all? I probably do the 45s. Is that not something possible about? Do the 60s? And he's like, no, do the 55s. And so, no, I'll do the 50s. And then he just banged out 50 reps on the 50k bench. I'm like, well, you absolute brute. Do you know the funniest thing about Eddie Hall? Like his strongest lift before he broke the world record deadlift was overhead press. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That was one where he like decimated the field, wasn't it? Yeah, and he was just like, boom, couple of hundred, and you're like, and you just think it's like 200 kilos. Overhead, yeah. You got to think about then. Think about what his body weight as well. Yeah, one million, one ninety, wasn't it at one point? Yeah, and, and there's a documentary where he nearly died. Yeah, he, he has that breathing apparatus and everything. Yeah. Yeah. when he was sleeping. And he's like, oh, and then he won it. And this is a big. What we talk about in what we do as a job, like points to move on and points to change. And he was like, I've done it. I've won it. Don't have to defend yeah, it. Completely, yeah, completely. Yeah, completely. Very similar to your gymnastics story, right? Yeah, yeah. First champion, first competition. You're only as good as your last result. Yeah. I'm out of it. I was like 10 years old, like fucking leotard, front handspring, bolt, stuck it, bosh, I'm out of it. Next well, challenge. Give me the next one. Mum, get my bag, some off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still do a back summy into a swimming pool. So That's I'm my membership on. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bucks Leisure Centre just lost a member. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same, and he's a living proof of that, though, isn't he? He's like, I want it. I'm out. I need to again. 
You guys are stupid because you're still doing the same stuff. Mm. And not getting paid. Exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cash out and get paid. And he found his own thing, which is being really big and really strong, just on YouTube. Yeah. As opposed to big events. He eats yeah. a cheesecake every meal he has. <gasps> One whole cheesecake every meal he has. That is the life. <laughs> yeah, that is the life. I love cheesecake. Cheesecake's banging. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so, so good. good. But like, he's, he's sat there and said, like, yeah, I got 400 grams of steak, half a kilo of potatoes, 400 grams of veg, and a fucking cheesecake. <laughs> 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 You're like, come on. So we like those, remember the, you know Iceland, like the one pound Viennettis yeah. and the one pound, but he's banging those out. Like, there's this freezer full of it. Freezer full of it. Strawberry cheesecake. It must be on 10,000 calories a day. Can you imagine eating that? Should we do that tonight? <laughs> <laughs> See how heavy Mike can get over 10,000 calories. Yeah. yeah. And then See how big your flyers are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So good. But that hits on a really important point about, you know, it's funny having, it's great having a conversation about being able to recognize when to condition an athlete and prepare an athlete and what are exit criteria for our athletes, but then understanding what the exit criteria are for us. Mm-hmm. And the contemplation is that we, we talked, we said it um, last night a little bit. It's like we, You've done it once, you don't have to do it again. Because why do it again? Why do the same thing twice and expect you'll get better satisfaction from it? You never will. That's why I don't understand club hopping. I want to go from fucking premiership club here to then premiership club here and then deal with the same shit. One of those came in on Tuesday, you know, it was like, uh, on Thursday, and he put 170 on bar and he was squatting. He was like, three. Average reps. Yeah. I was like, no, what's somebody on? He's a 10. And he was like, yeah. I did this on fucking Tuesday, three by three. It feels shit today. I was like, yeah. Of course he does. I bet he can't pass that, right. can he? I was like, have you even read the program that I put out for you? <laughs> so go back a week and go do the program. <coughs> yeah. So no wonder you feel shit. You're doing the same thing two days in a fucking row, essentially. <laughs> you idiots. But <laughs> well, that's. And he's, he's don't edit that. Will Baker, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, none of it's being edited. It's, uh, this is what goes out. This is what goes out. This is important. It's really important. But you're right. You're yeah. You're but also. this kid's rapid as well. He's rapid. Like that makes it cool. even more annoying. Exactly. But like, even though we went out on the pitch, he leaked it up. He'll throw a sidestep and he'll just go through there. I'm like, if you did something that'd be better for you before training, you'd be even better now. Yes. You know what I mean? You'd be even quicker. But the, but the you wouldn't even is, need to throw the step, you'd be on. Yeah, yeah. the problem is the, con- the condition is that for far too long that in order to get quicker, you need to be stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and you hit the nail on the head the other week where it's like, if strength keeps going up, but speed is coming down, the jump is coming down, then you need to stop playing the strength, you need mm. to stop playing the jump to bring the jump up, and then if yeah. the jump's going up and the speed's coming down, then you need to start working on the speed, and it's yeah. that ever-changing continuum yeah. um, of where you need to be, where you need to be working. Um, and yeah. strength goes so quick, mm. because of the intramuscular coordination elements of it. And that's why people get confused, and why people, they get confused with using like French contrast training, like uh, 
for all its merits, what a waste of time. Because you're trying to do the thing that, to improve the thing. Let's do four types of this thing to improve this thing when we should just do this thing. So mm-hmm. why do it? Yeah. Bloody French, right? I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> so like, I've I, I run it a couple of times like during the season. Yeah. But I would go very sub-maximal. Yeah. Like, it, I, like it says advised, like, obviously, like, 70 to 80%, but I'm like, I'm not yeah. fucking touching that. Advised with caution. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, like it, it feels horrible. Yeah. And then, like, if you just do the jumps, like, it, I feel like it just warms me up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So then, like, then you feel springy. But Well, that's the architecture stuff. So that's yeah. just the rate coding and getting all that stuff. And then that's why everyone hangs off Caldeets, because he, he shows you, like, the little bits, like, and all the... Actually, that's from the Jay Shrouder stuff and all the Inno Sports stuff and all that sort of. So it's like, well, what does strength do? It just teaches us how to turn motor units on. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. And then we've got to find ways to use them. It's like you don't, you don't stand at a light switch turning it on and off, expecting it to change the way it lights the room. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Off, off. Strong. No. You can do it really, really fast. But then the light bulb goes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. But I I listened the other day to a podcast with Yesis. Yeah. Um, And then followed it up by Yusuf as well. But um, the whole thing there is like, you're here to make athletes better at being athletes. Mm. You're not here to make them stronger. Yes. You're here to allow them to express their skills better or improve their skills and if you're if what you're doing is not making them fast or if it's not making them be able to jump further or jump higher or throw with more accuracy or you know or like you were saying earlier like if they can't pass a ball at speed or they can't catch a ball at speed then to be honest you're doing fuck all yeah a hundred percent if they catch a ball and slow down and then pass the ball and then re-accelerate you're fucking What's the point? <laughs> what is the fucking point? <laughs> you might as well just stop and kick the ball all the way. Like, yeah. There's no point now. Yeah. And on that note, I think it's time for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's time for dinner. But before we go, uh, I want everyone who's listening to this podcast to know who they're listening to. So, Mike, introduce yourself, and everyone should go around and introduce yourself into the camera for those watching uh, and say hello. Uh, I'm Mike West, Mike West Coaching. Um, I coach team sport athletes to get faster and more powerful. Nice. Uh, I am Ross Miller. Uh, I also coach team sport athletes to get bigger and faster. Me. Lewis Townsend, Townsend Strength. Um, Strongest strength in the north. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking at youth athletes and uh, rugby players essentially. Nice. I'm Molly the Meathead. Yeah! Uh, opening the Den Strength and Conditioning for grassroots athletes in the Hertfordshire area. Lovely. Uh, I'm Tom Darcy Smith, TDS Training, and I work with competitive crossfitters to perform better. I'm Warwick South, I'm the Head of Strength and Conditioning at Sportland Academy. I'm Liam Mystery, also known as the Mystery Method, also known as the Indian, Indian Speed Coach. Yeah. And I am here to help athletes of all of all uh, backgrounds to develop in this sport. Nice. And I'm Sam Portland. This is the Sam Portland podcast. 
This is the Legacy Retreat, which you cannot see.